The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use a promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by PricePix. PricePix is DFS simplified. Head over to PricePix.com and use a promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of your free picks and podcasts. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter. That's at SGP Soccer, at SGP Soccer. Also check out my new Twitter account, at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. That is the new show dedicated to the Manchester United betting lines. And that is available now on the Soccer Gambling Podcast feed. You can listen to episode two. And that's where I'll be exclusively breaking down the game between Manchester United and Man City, as well as looking back at the week that was Man United, including markets for the next manager to go and the next Manchester United manager. For all of my additional content, head over to my website, lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. There is no better time to sign up than the start of a month because you get a full month over at lockbetting.com. And we are going for our 102nd month of Transparent Track Profit. The reason I say to sign up at the start of the month is because if you sign up in the middle of the month, you'll be billed for an entire month. You'll be billed again on the 1st of December, whether you sign up now on November the 5th or whether you sign up on November the 25th, you'll be billed for the entire month. So it's best to get the most out of the month. Lots of stuff to bet on. We're in the middle of the NFL season. We're at the start of the NBA. Domestic soccer, international soccer, Champions League, Europa League, tennis, boxing, and UFC this weekend, WWE. So a massive month ahead here over at LockBetting.com. And you can be a part of this 102nd month of Transparent Track Profit. I'll shortly be replacing the 100th month as the pinned tweet at the Twitter account at SGP Soccer, so you can Currently see the PL for the 100th month, and I'll be replacing it with the 101st month in a couple of days. That 100th month saw us deliver 41 units of profit. That's £4,100. That's good for over $5,500 in a single month. So once that is replaced with the 101st month, you can still see the 100th month and all of the other spreadsheets over at lockbetting.com because I keep them all there and they're available for everybody to look for, look at for free. The reason I use Patreon, I have the lockbetting.com domain, but it actually links to a Patreon site. And the reason I use that is because it's like a mini social media. That's the reason why I'm different to everybody else. Not only am I profitable, but I am transparent and tracked and I am legitimate. And I use Patreon for that reason, because you can see the likes and the comments underneath all of my threads. If there was any errors in my PL, if I'd added plays that weren't real, if I'd taken plays off that lost, if I'd adjusted the lines in any kind of way, if there was any kind of wrongdoing, it will be picked up by the fact that I have over 150 clients who have full license to comment on the thread. And that has never happened because I am legit. The 100 
and one months is legit. That's over eight years of sports betting without a single losing month. And as I said, you can be a part of it and bet all of those sports and make money here on the 102nd month over at LockBetting.com by signing up to the service and getting early at the start here in the month of November. So moving on with the show, there was no lock on the show last week because I wanted you guys to go over and listen to the BetMUFC show where I thought that was the best play from the week for the EPL. It wasn't because Tottenham were lackluster. This week, the lock is back on the show and I'm going to give you guys a double lock here this week. One play is a play that has hit for us consistently throughout the season and another one is just a lean I have based on the situation. But before we get to that, we need to cover all of the other games and we begin here with a Friday game which sees out of form Aston Villa travelling to Southampton where Villa are the 13-5 underdogs at 11-4 the draw and it is 10-11 on Southampton. 10 to 11 on Southampton and the money line means we get 10 to 11 here on Aston Villa to avoid a defeat. And if Aston Villa don't avoid a defeat, I think their manager could be the next manager to go. Now, we broke this down. We broke down the odds of Dean Smith leaving, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer leaving, Farker leaving. We looked at all of that over at BetMUFC because obviously it relates to the future of the Manchester United manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And we also look at the next manager to come in. So I'm not going to go over that again. I've already covered that over at BetMUFC. So make sure you listen to episode two. Here, I think Aston Villa will end up with a response. On paper, they are a better team than Southampton. It's very odd to see Aston Villa hit this run of form. This is a team that are capable of winning at Old Trafford, which they did earlier on in the season, and um, have suffered through a recent slump. I think on paper, this is definitely a top-half team. And even though the data doesn't support it, I think they can get a win here at Southampton as an underdog. And I certainly think there's value on them here to avoid a defeat at 10-11. to And on the pick market at 7-4, to where it pushes if it ends up being a draw. The data obviously says Southampton because they're unbeaten inside 90 minutes in their last four games and have only lost two of the last 12 outings in all competitions with recent successes over Leeds and Watford, obviously boosting morale in the squad, whereas Villa... They're the complete opposite. They have lost their last four games and away from home, they've lost four of the last five league games and have conceded 11 goals in the process. Yet um, Tyron Mings is still in the England squad and uh, Jaden Sancho is not. So make of that what you will. I mean, even Harry Maguire is still in the England squad and obviously that was going to happen. But the fact is, is that I don't think Gareth Southgate is really looking at the performances of the players and he's just looking at minutes on the pitch. So if they're playing for their clubs, they're fine to play for England and that definitely seems like the philosophy of Gareth Southgate. But bringing it back round to this game, despite that data, I still think Villa can get something from this game. Another play it's worth considering is both teams to score in this one. Both teams have scored in each of Villa's last four games. These four games have produced a total of 17 goals, by the way. And uh, Southampton have scored in each of the last five competitive matches. Um, six of Aston Villa's last seven Premier League games have actually featured over two and a half goals. And as I mentioned, Southampton have lost, uh, sorry, Aston Villa have lost each of the last four games in the Premier League. So we are unquestionably doing a little bit of a data fade here by taking Aston Villa in his spot to avoid a defeat. But as I said, I think they're a better team than Southampton. I've had time to prepare. This is a must-win situation. I don't think the, the players have down tools here for the manager. I think they like the manager. I think they like Dean Smith. And I think they'll come out here and put in a performance. So I'm going to take Aston Villa on the double chance market. And I'll definitely be having a sprinkle on them in the draw no bet market. And maybe even a sprinkle on the money line. Because I certainly think Aston Villa can win this game. And I certainly feel... They will avoid a defeat here. And that's going to be my official lean. Aston Villa double chance. That's available at 10 to 11 in this one. 
Moving on to Saturday, we're going to skip the Saturday morning game. Manchester United versus Manchester City is the game of the week, but that is covered exclusively over at BetMUFC right here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. So with that said, we move on to the three o'clock kickoffs and we begin with Brentford at home to Norwich, where Brentford are the four to six favourites. It's three to one on the draw and it's 19 to four here on Norwich. Really like this play. It was under lock contention, but decided against it in the end, given the statistical data. Uh, Norwich are unbeaten now in five competitive matches with Brentford and haven't lost away to them since 2009. Brentford now have lost their last three Premier League matches. They have had that dip that I expected them to have. And uh, last weekend's result in particular was a little bit worrying, losing away to Burnley. And Brentford haven't won a home league game since the opening day of the season. So they are starting to slide after an impressive start. I still think they'll win this game, but it is concerning that they failed to win any of the last four Premier League home games. And they're coming up here against a Norwich team where you expect them to win, but Norwich have a very, very good record against them. It's a little bit worrying that Norwich are unbeaten in five competitive matches against Brentford and haven't lost away to them since 2009. So they'll be looking at that as as, as something that they can build on. They'll be looking here to come and get a result. They'll be targeting their first win of the season. I don't think they'll get that. I don't think they'll get anything. Brentford's defeats haven't been calamitous other than the one last week, which I identified as worrying. But prior to that, Brentford have lost out by the odd goal in two of their last three Premier League matches. So that tells me that this isn't a disaster by any means. They can bring it back. They can win this game. They should win this game. And I think they will. So I'm going to take Brentford on the money line. But as I said, I've taken it out of lock contention, given the fact there is some contentious data there. But I still think this team win. And I still think there's value there in the play at 4-6, to six, minus 150 here in this one. Up next, we look at a game between Chelsea and Burnley, where Chelsea are the one to four favourites. It's five to one on the draw and it's 12 to one on Burnley. Chelsea have coped without Lukaku and Werner. Granted, they have had some comfortable fixtures, but they've done what they've done. And I think as long as Chelsea don't have any issues defensively, they are going to be able to shut teams out and they are going to be able to find a way through their attacking talents to get the winning goals to win games. And that's what they've done. And that's what they'll do here. I think this will be another game where Chelsea don't concede. Chelsea to win to nil is available at even money and Chelsea have won to nil on 10 occasions in all competitions already this season. This Burnley team have failed to score in six of their 13 competitive matches this season. That's nearly half. So I cannot see them scoring against a Chelsea side, given that Chelsea have won their last three meetings with Burnley and haven't conceded a goal in any of those matches. Burnley themselves have failed to keep a clean sheet in their last 12 Premier League games against Chelsea. And Chelsea have won two of the last three Premier League head-to-heads against Burnley by three goals to nil. That scoreline individually is available at 7-1 to one in this game. But we're going to keep it nice and simple. We're going to continue riding Chelsea to win to nil. And that one is available even money here for this game. Up next, we move on to Crystal Palace at home to Wolves. Both teams had really big wins last weekend. Crystal Palace had their biggest win of the season, the biggest win since Patrick Vieira took over, winning away to Manchester City. They are six to four home favourites to win this one. It's 21 to 10 on the draw and it's two to one here on Wolves. I think the draw may have some value here. I can see these two teams playing out a draw. Wolves have improved massively since their poor start. They had a high expected goals number and eventually it looked like they were going to get things together and score some goals. And they've gone in a very different direction to their former manager because he's out there sacked and Wolves at the moment are going from strength to strength. I think this could be actually an attacking game. Last season, I would think this would have been a red hot under and I think this season it potentially could be an over. I certainly see 
both teams scoring in this match and there's value here at plus money getting this play at even money. Palace have only kept three clean sheets in 11 competitive matches so far this season whereas both teams have scored in each Wolves his last four matches. Crystal Palace have drawn four of their Premier League of the, have drawn four of the last five Premier League games which is why I say there's some value there on the draw. However, Crystal Palace are unbeaten in their last five Premier League home games and four of Crystal Palace's last five Premier League games and each of Wolves' last four Premier League games have seen both teams score. So I do like the draw here. I'm going to have a sprinkle on that but my main play is going to be for both teams to score and that's at plus money here at even money plus 100 here for this game. Up next, we move on to the late game, the 5.30 kickoff on Saturday, which is Brighton at home to Newcastle. Brighton here are the 8-13 favourites. It's 3-1 to a draw and it's 19-4 Newcastle. I don't think Eddie Howe's going to take over in time for this game. I think they're going to save that for the international break. So it's still going to be caretaker care and that doesn't bode well for Newcastle because... Under the late stages of Steve Bruce, they were trying to play this more attacking football. At the moment, they've become a little bit more conservative. They're like this in-between team that don't really seem to know what they're doing. And they desperately need a new manager to come in. Otherwise, all of that investment they're going to get in the future isn't going to come in January because players aren't going to want to come. And this team are going to be facing a relegation battle that ultimately ends up with them being in a championship. And that's where the new owners are really going to have to start their rebuild coming up from the championship. I've actually heard some supporters saying that would be good for them because they can build a winning mentality. But I don't understand why anybody would want a relegation. They have to avoid this at all costs. And the way things are looking at the moment, Eddie Howe is desperately going to need to hit the ground running because this team need to start winning some football matches. I don't think it starts here. I think Brighton are going to take advantage of this situation and make things worse for Newcastle. They won both meetings with Newcastle last season by an aggregate score of six goals to nil. Newcastle haven't won any of their 11 competitive matches this season. Brighton have scored exactly two goals in seven of their 13 matches this season. So they are a lot more prolific and that reflects with their league position and four of Newcastle's last six Premier League road games have stayed under two and a half goals so you can see that happening again but I cannot see Newcastle contributing to the scoring as I said they were this attacking hybrid against against, uh, when Steve Bruce was leaving because I think he wanted to become a more entertaining manager to keep his job but at the moment they seem very very lost under new management they got a decent point against Crystal Palace but last weekend they looked woeful at home to Chelsea didn't look like they knew what they're doing thought they could contain Chelsea but in the end Chelsea broke through this Brighton team have had a little bit of a dip in form now Um, they've had a lot of draws as of late, drawing five of the last six and having one defeat in the other. So they haven't won for a while, but I think Newcastle under caretaker management with Eddie Howe coming in gives you the perfect opportunity. That appointment needs to come fast. I think it will come during the international break, but too late for this game. So Brighton on the money line here, 8-13 to to pick up a home win against Newcastle on Saturday night. Moving on to Sunday, and we begin with Arsenal versus Watford, where Arsenal are the two to five favourites to win this game. It's four to one on the draw, and it's seven to one here on Watford. Watford couldn't build on their win against Everton last week, whereas Arsenal are on a decent run of form. They're unbeaten in the last six, winning four of those, and uh, I think they'll win this game here against Watford, and I think they'll do it with a clean sheet. Arsenal have won to nil in five of the last nine competitive games and all of Watford's Premier League defeats so far this season have been without them scoring a goal. Arsenal have won their last two matches by two goals to nil and that's the kind of game we could see with Arsenal just um, having more of the ball, dominating and knocking on the door and eventually finding the breakthrough. Once the game opens up, you can see um, Arsenal then scoring a second goal here. Watford's defeat at home to Southampton last week was very, very disappointing and I think they'll be disappointed again here. There's not really too much I can do with this game other than looking at Arsenal to win to nil. You could also take Arsenal and under four and a half goals. That's a more conservative option because I don't see Arsenal running up the scoreline here. That one is available here for you here at four to five, but I would
take the punt here on the plus money on Arsenal to win this one to nil against Watford on Sunday. Up next, we look at the game here between Everton and Tottenham. And this is really a big, big game because Rafa Benitez's job is on the line. They've had a massive, massive dip. And Antonio Conte really starts for real here as the Tottenham manager away to Everton after having more time to prepare, although not too much time, as he addressed in his interview after that win against Patissi Arnhem yesterday. I actually went to that game yesterday. It was a crazy game. I go to Tottenham games because it's right by where I live in, in London. So I go to Tottenham from time to time, take my son there. And this was a crazy game, especially that first half. And then obviously the three red cards in the second half. We were watching fights we are watching loads of fights down beneath us. These Vitesse Arnhem fans brought a lot of away fans to the game and they were fighting with the Tottenham supporters right down below us. It's actually one of the most violent football matches I've ever attended, which is surprising. It's a Europa Conference League game on a Thursday, yet these, these fans are all fighting each other down in, the, down in the stands. So it's very odd to see that. But yeah, Tottenham came away with a win. I think Antonio Conte got to see both sides of Tottenham. I think he got to see the team that can attack and they did very well in the first half an hour, although they did concede chances to Vitesse Arnhem even when they were 3-0 up and eventually Vitesse took those took those chances and uh, it was very, very tight for Tottenham. They had to hold on. They had to hold on with 10 men. In the end, Vitesse themselves went down to nine and Tottenham came away with the win. It was a very Spursy way to do things. I definitely thought this was a very Spursy victory and I think it was good for Antonio Conte to see exactly what he was taking on. And this is a very difficult job. I'm surprised he's taking it because if Man United lose comprehensively this weekend, I think the Man United job will be available for him. And obviously that's a much better job than Tottenham. But still, he's taking this job and it'll be very interesting to see what he does. And I think this weekend he could start with a win, which is why I think there's real value, real value, on Rafa Benitez to be the next manager to go in the next manager to go market. And I address all of that over at BetMUFC. So make sure you go and check out episode two because it's about more than Man United here. You actually get some insight on the next manager to go and why I think Rafa could represent some value this weekend. So if you do think Tottenham will win this game like I do, it could be worth looking at Rafa to be the next manager to go at around about seven to one. Everton have lost their last three fixtures in the Premier League, which is unacceptable. And that comes after a good start, which is probably the only reason why he's still in the job. Tottenham have won their first game under Antonio Conte on Thursday and have won five five of their last eight matches. So despite the fact that Nuno's gone, Tottenham aren't in terrible form, which was surprising for me, surprising to me why he went so early here in the season. I think it was more down to the fact that it was a style of play and the players just weren't having him. I think when the players just aren't having a manager, you can see the writing on the wall and things can get even worse. Plus, obviously, you want to get Conte as soon as you can get Conte. Obviously, things have changed there with the director of football and Antonio Conte and the deal was done. And now Tottenham are the beneficiaries of that and Man United could be out looking for a manager with their first choice working at Tottenham Hotspur, which is concerning. It's especially concerning for me when I see Brendan Rodgers leading the market. This Tottenham team have kept just one clean sheet in the last 13 games, and I don't think they'll keep one here in this game. So I do think both teams will end up scoring in this game. Both teams have scored has been a winning bet in each of Everton's last four home matches against Tottenham. And uh, Tottenham have clinched all five of their league wins this season by a single goal. So don't expect this to be any kind of landslide performance. Expect this to be very Spursy, but I do think they'll get the win here for Antonio Conte. If you want to make a conservative pick, I would take Tottenham here as a pick. You have to lay some juice as opposed to the money line, but sometimes it's worth it just to get your money back because there is every chance this could be a draw. I just think Tottenham will pick up the win and the draw no bet Tottenham as a pick is available at 7-10 to 10 in this one, but I'm going to take a chance on Tottenham straight out on the money line at 11-8. to 8. If you shop around, you can get this at 6-4 to 4 plus 150.
Up next, we look at a game here between Leeds and Leicester, two of the most inconsistent teams in the Premier League this season, and the bookies can't separate them. 17 to 10 on Leeds, 17 to 10 on Leicester, and 13 to 5 on the draw. That indicates the bookies don't really know what to do with this game, and, and I'm the same. I was really looking up and down in terms of trying to find a play for this game, and I ended up landing on a, a big one. I thought I'd just take a chance on Leicester to win and both teams to score, which is available here at 9-2 to two in this game. The reason why I think that's worth the shot is because Leeds have won just two of their Premier League games so far this season, whereas Leicester have won three of their last six matches in all competitions. Leeds have scored in five of their last six games, and Leicester have just two clean sheets in 16 so far this season. Both teams have found a net in five of Leeds' last seven Premier League home matches, where Leicester have seen Four wins in the Premier League and two of them were by a 2-1 scoreline. So I could easily see this game being 2-1. I think there's big value there at 9-2. The 2-1 result individually for Leicester is available at 12-1. But Leicester and both teams to score screams out to me and that's going to be my play here. It's probably the biggest play I've taken. Don't usually like to take things this big. like to find a, a more conservative play for you guys as the main play and then have a little sprinkle on something. But I, I really wouldn't be betting this game. These two teams have been massively inconsistent this season and it really surprises me that Brendan Rodgers is the front runner. He's a manager who hasn't seen it over the line for Leicester over the last two seasons. They're in pole position for the Champions League twice. And I understand that's overachieving for, for the Leicester team, overachieving to, to be among the top four, overachieving to even finish fifth, overachieving to win an FA Cup. But at the end of the day, this is a manager that can't get his team over the line. And this season, they haven't even had that good start. So it worries me to see where Leicester are going to finish this season. I think they'll finish in the top half, but I don't think they'll be anywhere near the Champions League positions. And it'll be more of a realistic Europa League chase for them and uh, this is the type of game I expect them to win type of game I don't expect them to win is to win at home to Manchester United but they've done that but they've also lost games I don't expect them to lose so they could easily lose this game I just think there's value on the play on Leicester and both teams to score here in this game Final game and a game I am attending on Sunday it's West Ham versus Liverpool so I'm attending this because I like to go to football matches and also I live in, in London by, by Tottenham, but it's also a couple of train stops away from West Ham. Also, when you go to West Ham, you have a, you have a little day at Westfield, which is one of the top shopping centres here in London. So it's an opportunity to go there and, and have a day there and eat, etc. And then go to watch the West Ham game. It's very prawn sandwichy. I know I'm turning into the type of football support I like to hate. I think West Ham supporters and Tottenham supporters didn't want people like me in their ground, which are neutrals that are just there to watch a football match. But obviously, that's something that I've suffered through as a Man United fan. The reason why it's so difficult to get Man U tickets is because there are people in there, there are tourists that don't really support Man United and they end up paying over the odds for the tickets, which is why we have so much of a big touting situation at Man United and it's so difficult to get tickets for games. But so far, I've managed to go to every game at Old Trafford this season other than the Aston Villa game, which was lucky I missed. And this weekend, I'm not going to the Manchester Derby simply because I have so many commitments on that day. Austin has Austin has football in the morning and then I'm going to the WWE in the evening. Plus, there's loads of boxing and UFC in the evening and it just seemed ridiculous to squeeze a trip into Mac my kid missing his football match, squeezing a trip up to Manchester, getting back to WWE, getting back for the boxing. Plus, I've been sick for this whole week. If you can hear me, I'm completely bunged up. It is flu season, but uh, flu season has existed for, for many, many 
many, many, many decades and uh, we haven't needed to take a pointless vaccination for it. I understand it is a flu jab, but we haven't needed to take it. So I won't be taking a vaccination for the other thing that's available at the moment either. If it's not good enough for professional athletes, if it's not good enough for Aaron Rodgers, it's uh, it's not good enough for me. So I will just be taking the wait and see approach for that. And I have broken the rule of the Sports Gambling Podcast, which is not to talk about medicine or politics on the show. But I'm just explaining my, my week and why I'm going to end up at West Ham versus Liverpool on Sunday. And obviously I've taken a detour and I will get myself back on track here. Liverpool are the four to five favourites to win this game. West Ham are available here at seven to two and it's three to one here on the draw. I really like Liverpool here in this game. I don't think they had to put themselves out too much to win their game on Wednesday with Atletico Madrid being down to 10 men. Plus, that was a game that was played at Anfield. West Ham played on Thursday and they've had to get back to England from Belgium. So that's a lot more difficult doing that. Plus, West Ham really tried to go out and just win this group. They played a lot of key players in yesterday's game. I understand that Mikel Antonio came off at half-time, but West Ham played a lot of first-team players and Liverpool were able to go into second gear as they were 2-0 up against Atletico Madrid, a team that had 10 men. So... I think this is a really good spot to take Liverpool here to win this game. Liverpool have won eight of their nine competitive away games this season, scoring exactly three times on five occasions. If they do that here, it'll be difficult to see West Ham keeping up, even though Liverpool haven't been entirely solid defensively this season. Both West Ham's defeats this season have come at home where I feel like the supporters put more pressure on them than when they travel. Liverpool have won eight of their last nine meetings with West Ham, which is very significant here when you're looking for data. And Mo Salah has scored nine goals in eight games against West Ham. And I think he's a shoo-in to score at the weekend, given he hasn't scored for the last two games. Both teams have found a net in six of the last eight games between these two teams in the Premier League. And Liverpool have won 12 of their last 15 away games in the Premier League, which again, why, which is again why they are such a strong player play at the weekend. I like Liverpool here on the money line. I think there's value on the play here at four to five minus one twenty-five. Closing out with your two locks here on the show to make up for the fact there wasn't one last week. First of all, I'm going to continue riding the Chelsea to nil train. I think if you played this blindly every week, I think if I was lazy and I just came on the show and went Chelsea to nil, Chelsea to nil, Chelsea to nil, Chelsea to nil as my lock every week, you could end up with a profit. So obviously there are going to be weeks where that doesn't cash and you have to pick those spots to even make more profit out of the play and out of the trend. And I think this is one of those spots. I don't see Burnley scoring here. There's strong supporting data. With Chelsea missing key attacking players at Romelu Lukaku, they have to make sure they're even more defensively solid and they set up even more conservatively to avoid a concession of a goal because they don't have those key attacking players there to bring you back into game. So I'm going to continue riding this trend. It's a scary one because when you take a team to nil, anything can happen. You can get a harsh penalty against you. You can get a weird handball from VAR, things like that. You can get a deflection, an own goal, a set piece. All these things can go against you. It just takes any kind of weird little ricochet and suddenly statistical data is out of the window. So it's always scary to play. But if there's anybody that I want to take it with, it's Chelsea to win to nil. As for your second lock, lots of stuff here on the table. Obviously, I looked at that Brentford game, as I mentioned earlier. Tottenham are going to be a popular play this weekend, and I do understand that. It's Antonio Conte's first game in charge, and Everton are in poor form. I just don't like going against a manager that has his back up against the wall. And I do think Rafa Benitez 
is going to get the players to play for him this weekend. I just think Tottenham may have too much quality and that Conte effect may override the fact that Benitez is trying to hold on for his job, which is why I think there's so much value on Benitez. But as I said, I would bet that a different way. I would certainly have some money on Tottenham, but I would also have a little sprinkle on Benitez to be the next manager to go. So through the process of elimination, I arrive at Liverpool on the money line. I think this is a very strong play. Liverpool have a very, very good record against West Ham. And if you look at this situation, Liverpool had a very easy game on Wednesday where they played 10 men for a majority of the game. They were 2-0 up and cruising in second gear. They also got to play at Anfield. Whereas West Ham, they had to come back from Belgium. They only played on Thursday night. They played a lot of their first team. And I feel like there will be some fatigue here. And obviously, as I said, the record against West Ham is strong. You're coming up here against a team that you usually beat. Liverpool have won eight of their last nine games against West Ham and also Liverpool have won eight of their last nine competitive away games this season and as I mentioned they've scored exactly three times on five of those occasions that'll be more than enough to win this game against West Ham at the weekend so your double lock Chelsea to nil which is available at even money plus 100 widely available at 10 to 11 minus 110 and of course Liverpool on the money line which is available at 4 to 5 minus 125 at the moment at the time that we're recording the show I don't expect that price to stick around I expect this to get as short as 4 to 6 minus 150 so bet this as early as you can if you are going to ride this lock and take Liverpool on the money line so that's your look at this week's EPL. And uh, don't forget, over on BetMUFC, that's where I'll be looking at the Manchester derby. That's where I'll be looking back at the week that was Manchester United, the win against Tottenham, the draw against Atalanta, looking at what the pundits had to say, looking at the next manager market, looking at the next MUFC manager and previewing that Manchester United versus Manchester City game, along with a combined 11 and a play or a lean on that game. So make sure you check that out. Also check out all of my additional content on the Soccer Gambling Podcast this week. We're going to have international fixtures this week as the World Cup qualifiers conclude. We're also going to have an edition of Scamessa Italia. We've got a solid lot run going there. And over on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, I'll be doing two editions of the Fight Show because we have a major UFC card this weekend, which I'll be breaking down as uh, Kamara Usman takes on Colby Covington. So I'll be looking at that main event and some of the other fights on the main card and of course we have big time boxing as Canelo Plant takes on Canelo Alvarez with Canelo looking to unify those belts I'll be looking at that fight and looking at if Canelo or whether not if but how Canelo is going to win that fight so a little spoiler for you there I think Canelo is going to win but it's just a case of how and how you bet this this weekend so make sure you check out both editions of the fight show on the sports gambling podcast network that's it for me in this edition of the EPL show guys good luck with all your bets as always and Thanks for listening.